0: So what does happen when you die? Well, we talked about last week, you'll open your eyes in one of two places, heaven or hell. So this weekend, I want to share just a few of the things that you'll experience on your first day in heaven. What will happen? What will be there? What will not be there? And I want to talk about heaven because a lot of people today, especially here in Orange County, aren't that excited about heaven. Lots of people are more excited about earth and the things that we experience here on earth than they are heaven. But that's too bad because this earth, as great as it is, and with all the things that we can do, is nothing compared to heaven. So this morning, let's look at what the Bible says about heaven, beginning with Colossians 3, verse 1. Either read it with me out loud on the screen if you can see, if you got that good eyes. And, uh, or read it in the Bible along with me. Here we go. Since you have been raised with, to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at God's hand in the place of honor and power. In other words, set your sights not on the things of this earth, but on the things of heaven, because heaven is real. It is real. So let's do that this week. Let's let's fix our eyes on what the Bible says about heaven. The question is, what is heaven? Well, in the Bible, heaven is called the dwelling place of God. It's called the house of God. It's called the city of God. A lot of times when we think about heaven, we think about the Garden of Eden and maybe lush trees and and streams and waterfalls and all kinds. The heaven's going to be like that. But did you know it's also called the city of God? There's going to be a city in heaven. 31 times Jesus called it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. So what is heaven? Write it down. First of all, we're going to go fast today. It's the place where God rules. It's a place where God lives and it's a place where God rules. The Bible says, Lord, I look up to you, up to heaven where you rule. God lives in heaven and he is the ruler of heaven. Next, it is a place that is absolutely real. Heaven is not some state of mind. You don't just close your eyes and go into the ground and have a peaceful state of mind. No, heaven is a real place where you go when you close your eyes and die. And the Bible says this real place has streets. It has trees. It has water. It has animals. It has homes in heaven. It's a real place. It is a physical place. And Jesus said, there are many rooms in my father's house. I am going there to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you plainly. Folks, get this in your heart and mind. You're going to a real place when you die. Amen? A real place, not a scary place, not something you have to fear, but a real place. Jesus said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths or rust can't destroy it and where thieves can't break in and steal it. If heaven were just some state of mind, you couldn't store anything there. Jesus says, store up treasure in heaven. It's a real place. And we can store up our treasures by the things we do on earth in this real place where we're going to really live for eternity. But here's the next thing that I love the most. It's a place designed for you. God designed the earth for you, but he also designed heaven for you. Jesus will say one day, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom, here it is, prepared for you. God not only made an an awesome earth for us to dwell in, but just imagine what heaven's going to be like. And he designed it for you. The Bible says this, it's prepared for you it is the inheritance that god wants to pass on to you his kids a home that will last forever and ever i don't know about you i enjoy my home here i am thankful for my home here but my home's always breaking down anybody else's faucets leak sprinklers break stuff's always breaking down but someday we're going to be into a home That will last forever. A home that will never break down. I like to say it this way. God's kids get to live in God's heaven. In a house designed by God's hands. For his kids. That is what we have to look forward to. The Bible says this. God's unchanging plan. Has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through jesus christ and this gave him great pleasure god is ecstatic about us coming home can you imagine that well when we think about our lives and how they're not perfect god how could you want us but that's always been god's plan and it's his great pleasure To prepare a place for you and me to come home and live with him for all eternity. God planned for you to be in his family and live with him forever. He planned for his family to inherit something incredible. Something beyond our wildest imagination. And the Bible says God has reserved a priceless inheritance for his children. And it's kept in heaven for you pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay what god is preparing for you cannot decay it is pure it is perfect it'll never rust away it's in heaven where he wants you to live forever the bible goes on and says this is god's purpose that when the time is ripe he will gather us all together from wherever we are in heaven or on earth to be with him in christ forever and why did God prepare a place for you to live forever because God never intended earth to be your final home he never intended this place to be your final resting place it was not built to last forever this earth will not last in fact the Bible says this this world is not our home we're looking forward to our city in heaven which is yet to come early Christians wrote that Because God revealed it to them. And so once you choose to become a part of God's family, you say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. And best that I know how, I'll live for you. I'll serve you. You get to be a part of God's family. And there's so much more than just here and now waiting for you in heaven. This is not your home. You're just passing through. And all of God's people said, amen. Somebody shouted that, amen? Amen. Amen. Shout it, Let's do it. Shout it like Cindy. Here, here we go. Amen. We're passing through. And God's got something so much better. What is heaven? It's a real place where God rules and he designed it for you to live forever. But where is heaven? Question we'd all like to know. Scientists are always looking through their scopes trying to figure out where is heaven. Bible doesn't tell us. But we do know it's out of this world. David wrote, God looks down from heaven at people on earth to see if there are any who are wise, any who worship him. But even though the Bible doesn't tell us exactly where the location of heaven is, it does tell us the way to heaven. Amen. The Bible is clear about the way to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way. No one comes to the father except through me. I am the way. The Bible says God has shown us a different way to heaven, not by being good enough or trying to keep his laws, but a new way promised in scriptures long, long ago. The way to heaven is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So what is heaven? It's a real place where God lives and rules that he designed for you and me. Where is it? We don't know the location, but we do know the way. Amen. If you know Jesus, you know the way. But what is heaven really like? Man, we want to know the answer to this question. What is heaven really like? Well, heaven is so much greater than we have the ability to understand. There's no way to really fully describe it. The Bible says, can you understand the mystery surrounding God Almighty? Those mysteries are higher than the heavens and deeper than the grave. So what can you do when you know so little? And these mysteries outreach the earth and the ocean. That scripture is saying there are just some things that are indescribable. No way to fully explain heaven. It's something you've got to experience. No no piece of art can fully describe it. No song can fully describe it. No poet can describe heaven. The Bible says this, no eye has ever seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has ever imagined What God has prepared for those who love Him. Amen? Amen. He's preparing something beyond our imagination. And so if you were able to think up the greatest, greatest thing that you think that heaven could ever be, it would still be greater than your imagination. So what are the things that we do know about heaven that we can talk about today? Today I want to share with you five things that will not be in heaven and five things that will be in heaven. So hang on. We're going to go fast. Here we go. There will be no sickness. Amen again? You guys got to help me out this morning. No sickness. The Bible says everything in the heavens has a body and so does everything on earth. But every, each one is very different. These earthly bodies will die. But here it is. But the bodies that are raised will live forever. Our ugly and weak bodies. Don't you love that paraphrase? You don't? Our ugly and weak bodies will become beautiful and strong. Everybody say, yay, God, with me. <laughs> yay, God. Finally, we'll be beautiful, we'll be strong. You will never be sick again. You will have a new body. You'll have an improved body. Maybe I'll be taller. I don't know. But it'll be great. The Bible says, just as each of us now has a body like Adam's, so someday we'll have a body like Christ's. Wow will be like Jesus. Second thing that won't be in heaven. There'll be no sadness. No sadness. The Bible says God will wipe every tear from their eyes. God knows that many of us have present pain. God cares about your present pain. But he also wants you to know. That there's going to be no more pain or sadness in heaven. No more broken hearts. No more rejection, no more lonely nights, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more heartache. Heaven is going to be a sad free zone. You'll never have a sad second in your life again in heaven. Next, third thing that won't be in heaven, there'll be no suffering, no suffering, no sadness, no suffering. The Bible says no more hunger, no more thirst, no more scorching heat. And God said about the heat, and now God's people said about the heat, amen, especially this week, all right? In heaven, you'll never go hungry, there'll be plenty of food for everybody, there'll never be thirst, the Bible says your thirst will be quenched, you'll never be sweaty, your body will enjoy relief from the extreme heat. In heaven, you will not suffer, no sadness, no sickness, no suffering, fourth thing, no sinning, no temptation, no sin. The Bible says God will bring you into his glorious presence, innocent of all sin and with great joy. Last week, we talked about the fact that heaven is a perfect place, but we're not perfect. And so how could a God bring us into his perfect heaven when we're not perfect? How could imperfect, sinful man go into God's holy presence, his holy heaven? Because we've all sinned, we've all blown it. None of us have lived a perfect life. So how can God let his imperfect heaven into heaven without messing heaven up? Well, the answer is Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for all of our sins. One man, one sacrifice for all sins of all time so that we could go into heaven. And he says, we'll go into heaven, innocent of all sin, not because of us, but because of his blood washing us. But even beyond that, I want you to know something else. When you see Jesus Christ face-to-face, the Bible says you will be instantly changed to be like him. That means the work of salvation in your life will be fully completed at that moment. Here on earth, we are fully forgiven by Christ, but we're still not perfect for Christ, but not fully perfect. But when you see Jesus face-to-face, You will be perfected by his power. That's called in theology final salvation. In other words, he does by his power what you cannot do on your own power. He completes that sanctification work. And you are made perfect like Jesus is perfect in nature. Amen. He completes the process. Final salvation. Next thing in heaven, there will be no dying. No dying. The Bible makes it clear. There shall be no more death. No sorrow, no crying, and no pain. All of these will be gone forever. Never again will you grieve over someone that you have loved and lost. Death never happens in heaven. So in heaven there's no sickness, sadness, suffering, sinning, or dying. Those are five things that will not be in heaven. But what are the five things that will be there? What will be there? Number one, there will be reunions. Reunions. Awesome reunions. When you get to heaven, you'll be reunited reunited with your loved ones who chose to trust Jesus for their salvation. You will be reunited with loved ones, and you will begin to celebrate together for eternity. The Bible says this is God's purpose, that when the time is right, he will gather us all together from wherever we are to be with him in Christ forever. And who's going to be there? Well, God the Father is going to be there. Jesus, who is God the Son, will be there. God, his Holy Spirit, will be there. The angels will be there. And all who chose to trust Christ here on earth to pay for their sin and live in their lives, they will be there. The Bible says this. You have come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the gathering of all the countless happy angels and the church, that's all believers, composed of all those registered in heaven, and God who is judge of all and the spirits of righteous people made perfect. We will all be there if we've trusted in Christ. So the first thing we're going to have in heaven is a reunion. Amen? It's going to be an awesome time as we gather together. Whoever goes first, they're going to be excited to see so-and-so come. It's going to be an awesome time. Second thing in heaven, there'll be rewards. Rewards. You're going to be rewarded for all kinds of things. Helpful acts that you did for others in the name of Jesus. Encouraging words to people who were down and discouraged. Pure thoughts when you were tempted to have impure thoughts. Wise decisions. Faithful praying, cheerful generosity to the work of God, constant service in the name of Jesus, willing sacrifices for the for the things of God, love for your enemies, efforts to bring other people to Jesus on earth. And that's why Jesus says this. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets which were before you. So God is watching it all, and he's ready to reward you for it all. He's watching how you live, and he wants to reward you for all the things that you're doing. Now, this has nothing to do with your salvation. The only way you get into heaven is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you on the cross. You can't get into heaven by doing these good things, but your works will be rewarded by God. Amen. He will reward you for what you're doing in his name. The Bible says, and Jesus says, even if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. I was thinking about that. Just think about the volunteers in our children's ministry and, and what they're going to be rewarded with in heaven. I mean, every time they give a kid a clean diaper in our nursery (laughs) or a cup of cold water or, or a cracker or they wipe their snotty noses, whatever, God sees it and he sees the sacrifice. He sees the willing heart and spirit to care for the kids that are going to grow up and hear about Jesus here at Canyon. And he says, I'm going to remember that and I will reward you for all of that. There's going to be rewards. Next thing that's going to be in heaven is responsibilities. You're not going to just sit around in a cloud and do nothing. There's going to be responsibilities. God made you. And God gifted you. He gave you skills and talents and abilities. And so he's got a job for you. So you're going to have a a job to do. But here's the difference. You're going to enjoy your job in heaven. Amen. (laughs) You may not enjoy your job here. But you're going to enjoy your job in heaven. And you're going to be fulfilled. Fulfilled with that job that's in heaven. What's your responsibility going to be? I don't know. Just God knows. But he created you and it's going to be based on how faithful you are with your skills and gifts and talents here. How faithful you are with responsibilities that he gives you here on earth. So God is watching you. He's testing you. Life on earth is a temporary assignment. He's seeing, can he depend on you? Will you be faithful? Will you be trustworthy with the responsibilities He's given you? So the question to ask is, are you doing anything for God with what He's given you? The time He's given you, the intellect He's given you, the resources, the skills, the talents. Are you doing anything for God with what He's given you? You see, if you make the most of what you've been given, God says in heaven, I'm going to give you more then. But if you're not making the most of what God has given you here on earth, He says, I'm going to give you less. I couldn't trust you with more on earth. I can't trust you with more in heaven. You made it into my heaven. But you're going to have rewards based on what I could trust you with here. Jesus says, unless you're faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. If you cheat in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy with worldly wealth, Who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? So, folks, we need to understand God's watching. He wants us to be faithful here and now, and then he will reward us and give us responsibilities if he can trust us. Did you ever know that the way you manage your money on earth is a test of your faithfulness and your responsibility? And it's going to determine what you get to do in heaven. Did you ever think about that God is watching to see how you're managing your time and your relationships and your health, your intelligence, your opportunities, your your money? Folks, we need to be wise with all that God has given because God will reward you with how you take care of things here and now. And he's watching to see if he can trust you with greater things. Next, I love this one in heaven. There will be rest. And all of God's people said, amen. There's going to be rest in heaven. We're going to have a rest like we've never had in our lives. The Bible says, blessed are those who die in the service of the Lord. They will enjoy rest from their hard work because the results of their service will go with them. You will have rest. When you've been living for God, he's going to give you a rest like you've never had before. Next, in heaven, there will be rejoicing. We'll be celebrating because of all the joys that we're getting to experience in heaven. Jesus says, when you get to heaven, I want you to be able to say this about you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling a small amount. So now I'm going to give you more responsibilities. And then here's this word. I love this paraphrase in the Living Bible. Jesus is going to say, let's party. <laughs> In other words, let's celebrate, let's rejoice. So what is heaven? It's that real place where God rules that he designed for you to live forever. Where is it? We don't know the location, but we know the way to get there. What is heaven like? It's better and beyond what you could ever, ever imagine in your lives. So how do we get there? How do you get to heaven? I talked about this last week, and I just, I just couldn't go past it again this week. So I'm going to share some of the same things. It's by humbly trusting in Jesus to save you that you get into heaven. The Bible says this. The good news tells us that God makes us ready for heaven. He makes us right in God's sight when we put our trust, faith and trust in Christ to save us. Folks, that's how you get to heaven. And the scripture goes on and says this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, the man who finds life will find it. Through trusting God or Jesus Christ. That's how you and I can get into heaven. And I tried to make it really simple. And just write these things down again. How do you get into heaven? The first step is this. You admit that you need Jesus to save you. In other words, you humble yourself and say, I'm not going to get there by being perfect. Because I ain't perfect. I'm not going to get there by my good works. Because the Bible says that's not enough. So Jesus, I admit that I need you to save me from the penalty that my sins deserve. Second, you believe that Jesus died to save you. You believe that he paid with the blood he shed on the cross for all of your sins for all eternity. And you trust him to save you from the penalty of sin, which is going to hell. Third, you commit yourself to follow Jesus. You choose to follow his ways, not the ways of the world, not your own ways. You don't live by your own rules. You commit to live by Jesus and his ways and his rules. Fourth thing you do, you depend on God's promise. And what is his promise? God says this, whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but will have eternal life. That's simply how you get to heaven. Going to church is awesome. God calls us, commands us to go to church, but that's not how you get to heaven. You put your trust in Jesus and you depend on the Father's promise. Now the question then comes, heaven sounds awesome and i want to go but how do i live now between now and heaven how does god want me to live very simply it's like this here's three important things number one don't be distracted by temptations this life is filled with all kinds of sinful temptations Remember, though, you're just passing through. So don't let the baubles, don't let the bangles, don't let the bling of sin in this world capture you. Turn away from sinful temptation. The Bible says we're only visitors here on earth since your real home is in heaven. Keep away from the evil pleasures of this world. They are not for you, believer. They are not for you. They fight against your very souls. Turn away from your evil pleasures. But listen, it's just not sinful pleasures. It can distract you. A lot of good things on this earth can distract you from walking and following Christ here and now while you're waiting on heaven. The Bible says about some Old Testament heroes like Moses and Abraham. If they had wanted to, they could have gone back to the good things of this world, but they didn't want to. They were living for heaven. Now, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has made them a heavenly city. Good things can distract you. But these Old Testament heroes said, I don't want the good things. I want God. I want heaven. Amen. And so they were living for heaven. And then I love this last this last phrase. So God was not ashamed to be called their God. Because they were seeking God. They were seeking God's heaven. But good things can distract us. It can be a sport. It can be a form of recreation you enjoy. It can be a house, a career, some pleasure. But that's not why God put you on earth. So don't be distracted from walking with God and living for him and seeking heaven by temptations. Next, don't be discouraged by your troubles. We all have troubles. And sometimes those troubles weigh heavy. And sometimes those troubles seem like they're going to live on for the rest of our lives. When you live, though, focused on eternity, the troubles of life don't cause you to give up on God. You know there is something better waiting for you. So you keep on doing the right things. The Bible says, this is why we never give up. These troubles and sufferings of ours are, after all, quite small and won't last very long. You say, man, my troubles don't feel very small. But you know the guy who wrote this, the Apostle Paul, had been beaten many, many times, shipwrecked, gone without food, been imprisoned, been battered and left for dead. And he goes on in that scripture and says, these small troubles, these sufferings of ours are after all quite small. They won't last very long. Yet this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessing upon us forever and ever in heaven. then he goes on and he says, so we don't look at what we can see right now, the troubles all around us, but we look forward to the joys in heaven which we have not yet seen. The troubles will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. Amen? So whenever trouble comes upon you, maybe you're going through some trouble right now, I want you to know, it's not going to last. There's going to be an end. And if you just live for God, In the midst of your trouble, you're going to enjoy the richest of blessings in heaven. Amen? Don't give up. Heaven is coming. Third thing, don't be dedicated to the temporary. Focus your energy and your gifts and your resources on the things that will last. And that is people. People is what will last. Dedicate your time and your resources and your energy investing in people in things that that help people in things that help people come to know Jesus as savior and lord i like to say it this way you can either spend your whole life being a wealth builder or a kingdom builder are you building wealth and buying stuff that's just going to rust and decay and go away or are you building people for jesus are you building the kingdom of heaven are you building the family of god are you coming around anybody And helping them draw closer to God. Don't be dedicated to the temporary. Paul writes this. He goes, I run toward the goal. So that I can win the prize. Of being called to heaven. This is the prize that God offers. Because of what Jesus Christ has done. So how do you live until heaven? Don't be distracted by the tempting things. Don't be discouraged by the troubling things and don't be dedicated to the temporary things. In other words, run like Forrest Gump, you know, run toward the prize of heaven. Keep your eyes focused on heaven and run with all your heart towards Jesus. Because if you're a believer, you've given your life to him. He's waiting. He's going to say one day, come. Come enjoy what I've prepared for you. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm going to pray a prayer for those who have not yet settled this issue of heaven in your life yet. And so if you're here this morning and you're not sure that you're going to heaven. In other words, if you can't walk out of this building and say, I know that this is my last second. I'm going to heaven. This prayer is for you. Would you repeat this prayer silently in your heart but sincerely in your heart and settle this issue before you leave? And then after that, I'm going to pray a prayer for all of us who have invited Christ to be our Savior. I call it a focus prayer, asking God to help us focus better on him and what is to come. If you'd like to invite Christ into your life, would you just pray this prayer? Father God, I admit that I need a savior. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died on a cross. To pay for my sins. I commit myself to you. I depend on your promise. That all who put their faith and trust in you. Will gain access to heaven. So come into my life, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for all my sin. Become my Savior and Lord. Best that I know how, I'll live for you. For those of you who've already settled that issue, would you pray this in your heart? Father, forgive me for focusing on just the here and now. I choose today to live with my eyes focused on eternity and on doing the things that matter for eternity. Fathers, we just sit in your presence. We praise you for your awesome plan of taking a group of people like us and loving us enough to make a way for us to live with you forever. Lord, we thank you for your grace that you've shown us, your mercy. Today we choose to focus on you, to focus on heaven, to focus on getting others to come to know you so they can experience heaven. Lord Jesus, we choose to leave this place and live different, focused on what's to come. We pray in your precious name. Amen.